A couple weeks ago, I talked about the example of the Bereans, and we looked at Acts chapter 17, and we looked at how uh, Paul traveled there to Berea and the reaction that they had there to the gospel, and we talked about uh, them being a, a great example of how we can uh, hear news and examine it and study it and ask questions about it. And uh, a good example for us as we study the Bible. This morning, I want to expand on, on that a little bit of introducing the gospel and uh, look at a few times when the gospel was brought and how it was received and how we can take those examples today for us when we go out and we share the gospel. So I want to ask, do you like introducing yourself to new people? Rod's shaking his head. Yeah, likes to always meet new people. Seems like him. Some people are very social and love to just say, hey, there's somebody I don't know, I'll go up to them and say hi and introduce myself. And others kind of cringe at that idea. And so we, we're all kind of different in that way, but I wanted to ask, do you like introducing yourself to new people? Did you like being introduced maybe when you were a kid? Your parent would say, come over here, I want you to meet so-and-so. Did you like that? Probably a little less. As a kid, you're like, oh, yeah, fine, I don't know this person, I don't know if I'll ever talk to them again. But, okay, right? And you're introduced to people, maybe as an adult now you you're, you're a little more comfortable with that idea of meeting somebody new and introducing yourself. Do you like telling people something new or something they don't know? Or you kind of have this new information about something and you're anxious to share it with somebody? Do you always like to you know, find whoever you can to, to say, I, you know, there, there's this I want to share with you, can I... Can I tell you about it? So we, we have the picture up here of shaking hands. Remember when we could introduce ourselves to people by shaking their hands? It's been a little while since we've kind of been able to do that for the most part. But this is generally how people introduce themselves to somebody else, right? This is kind of our, our cultural way of, of doing it. You meet somebody new and you stick out your hand and you shake their hand, right? That's kind of the way... Most of the time, we are introduced to people face to face. And usually, when we do that, we are fairly nice and complimentary. We say, hi, how are you doing? Right? We're, we try to kind of put our best foot forward. We want to kind of give a good impression the first time we meet somebody. Or when we're introducing a friend to somebody that we know, we kind of talk them up a little bit, or we kind of, you know, we, we say something nice because we want to give a good impression to the person. We may have, you know, this is the first time you've met them, you don't know them, but you still want to give a good impression the first time you meet somebody. And so you're nice and complimentary to the person that you're meeting. Well, as, as we look through the New Testament and we look at how the gospel began to be spread around the Mediterranean area. Uh, and we see the ones that were spreading it, and we see mainly the apostles as examples of the ones spreading the gospel. 
Uh, they were introducing themselves and this teaching of Jesus to new people all the time. Right? We read through the book of Acts, and we see ones like Paul go from town to town, to city to city, and introduce the gospel to that area. And so every time he did that, this would be places where he may not have been before, may not have known anybody. He's always introducing himself and the message to new people. Now, as we'll see, they were bringing something familiar to it when they were speaking to a Jewish audience. They were at least bringing something the Jews were familiar with and, and could connect with. But a whole new kind of understanding of, of God and then an introduction into Jesus and who he was and understanding him as the Messiah. They were also bringing something then completely new to many of the Gentiles. People who had never heard of Jesus before, many who had never really known anything about the Jewish religion and culture, that have believed and worshipped in many different man-made gods throughout their lives. And so they were being introducing the gospel to very different kinds of people that had very different kind of reactions to the gospel itself. So this morning, we're going to look at a couple of these introductions and how they were made and how they were uh, responded to. So before we look at the examples, did the apostles present the gospel in the same way to everyone? Was there a manual written up that they all had studied and memorized a few lines to say when they, every time they meet someone? That definitely was not the way that it worked. They didn't all meet together after Jesus ascended heaven to heaven and say, okay guys, what are we going to do? Let's write something out. Let's write out a, a pamphlet. Let's write out a manual for every time we go to the next town. This is what we do. They didn't do that, nor did they need to do that. Now, we might expect this from someone who's maybe like doing a survey or something like that. Somebody walks up to you at, at the mall doing a survey, or you get a phone call about something, and they have a, a, a script that they read. Every time they talk to the new person, they rattle off these few sentences to introduce you to the message that they want to deliver. And many times when that happens, it just kind of seems like it's a routine thing. They don't really care what they're saying. They just say it because they're, they're supposed to or they're getting paid to say it. And so they just kind of rattle it off and see what the response is. That's not the way that the apostles went about presenting the gospel to people in the first century. The apostles all had different strengths and weaknesses amongst each other. They were all different people. And so they all had different strengths that they used to present the gospel in different ways when they went and were introduced to new people. A couple of weeks ago, and I asked you if you could recall 
when the gospel was first taught to you. And so today, I want you to think about how that gospel was presented to you. Try to think about the times when you've heard kind of, we would say the gospel message. The gospel was presented to you. How was it done? Well, was it done with a fire and brimstone pulpit smashing sermon that scared the tar out of you as a kid? That if you didn't believe in Jesus, you were going to hell. Maybe. Maybe some of you were. Was it presented to you by showing the love of Jesus, that he cared for people, and that you need him, and he wants you, and with him you can have eternal life? Maybe. Or maybe something in between those two. But think about how the gospel was brought to you, how you recall the most kind of vivid memories of you learning about the gospel. What did it look like? What did it sound like? But whichever way the gospel was introduced to you, it was probably not the same for everyone in this room. We all kind of would have had a little bit of a different reaction or a different way that we remember hearing the gospel, how it was presented to you personally. The gospel is the same message, right? The same message that the apostles taught, that is taught today, that we see in scripture. The, mess the gospel is the same message for everyone. But it is not presented the same way and introduced the same way for everyone. And so again, this morning we'll look at a couple of examples of how uh, these apostles went and brought one to a, a Jewish audience and then also to a Gentile audience. And then finally we'll take uh, a, a bit of time to see how it was again presented to us. So we look at Acts chapter 2, and here we see the, go the gospel being was that the gospel was brought to the Jews here in Acts chapter 2. So Acts chapter 2 is a very familiar chapter for many of us. We've read it many times. We've studied it over. And so what we have here is we have Peter in front of a Jewish audience telling them about Jesus. So we're going to read verses 22 through 24. It says, men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him in your midst, just as you yourselves know. This man, delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death, since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. These couple of verses is a pretty good summary, if we want to look for one, of, of, the, of the gospel. In just a few verses here, Paul kind of tells the gospel here. And so, what does, what, what does Peter do here? when presenting or introducing the gospel. 
Well, one is that he connects with who they are. So he, he tells them and talks to them about men of Israel. He's, he's reminding them and telling them, yes, I know who you are. I'm connected to you, you and your heritage, your lineage, your, your nation, you men of Israel. Then he reminds them of the miracles that Jesus did that they saw firsthand. He tells them about the miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him in your midst. These people saw Jesus with their own eyes do these miracles. Then he makes it clear that this was God's plan all along. Right? He talks about it uh, by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God. This was something that God had planned before all of this. And he shows the power and authority of Christ to this audience. So this Jewish audience would have known Scripture, would have known their history, would have known the prophecies of the Messiah. And, and Peter here reminds them of those things, of these things that you've known, these things that you've studied. This is him. This is the Messiah. And so how did the Jews react? Well, as we continue down through Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, it says, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. So Hidayim's audience had a very strong reaction to the message. They were cut to the heart. And they responded to the message by asking Peter, what can we do about it? What are we to do now that we, we know, we understand? What can we do? And Peter tells them what to do. So the Jews knew the prophecies of the Messiah. They had seen and heard Jesus. And Peter was able to connect all of their, their, their history, their knowledge, their own experiences, and connect that all together to show who Jesus was. And many of them believed and were baptized that day. Thousands of them believed and accepted the message. So Peter brought a message and introduced and reminded them of Jesus and showed him as the Messiah so that they would believe. Then we move on to Paul and him talking to the Gentiles of the area. And we go back to Acts chapter 17. And this is, as I said, just after Paul was in Berea and talked to them. And he travels on, as was in the reading that Alan gave us this morning, to Athens. And he travels to Athens to present the gospel to them. And one of the things he does we ask him, how does Paul present the gospel to them? Well, he compliments them. In verse 22, so Paul stood in the midst of the Aragopagus and said, Men of Athens, I observe that you are very religious in all respects. Paul is befriending them. He's making them feel comfortable. And he opens up a dialogue with them with things that they are familiar with. 
Paul walked into Athens and saw all of these idols that they had everywhere around. This city full of these idols that man has made. Even to the point where man made one that they, just in case there was a God they didn't know. Just to cover all their bases. He walked into this city with this idea of this, this culture that was there. And he, he doesn't go in and just blast them for all the idols you have and say, how dare you do this? How could you have all these idols? He understood their history. He understood their culture. That they wouldn't have known any better to do that. This wasn't the Jewish nation that had been taught by God for centuries. So he talks to them and says, look, I see all these idols around. I see that you are a very religious people. That you are searching for something spiritual. And I can help you with that. And so he presents the gospel to them. And how did they respond? Well, as we saw in Alan's reading there this morning, that some wonder, what is this babbler talking about? What is he going on and on about? I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't know why he's talking to us. What is this guy doing? He just keeps yapping, and I don't know. Right? That was some people's response. But there were others that were intrigued with the message and wanted to know more from Paul, hear more of the message. And we have that some of them believe the message as well. So this was a very different approach than Peter used to his audience before in Acts chapter 2. If Paul had taken Peter's sermon, copied it down, took it out in Athens, and read it, I don't think it would have had a very big impact. Because these Greeks would have looked at him and said, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. All this Jewish history, I we're not interested in that. Go we'll talk to the Jews. That message wouldn't have worked. It worked with the Jews, great. There were thousands that believed. But here in Athens with the Greeks, that same approach wouldn't have worked very well. Different presentations for the same message. So now again we think about how the gospel was brought to us. We see throughout the New Testament many different ways that the gospel was presented to people. And here, Jesus gave his disciples a charge in Matthew chapter 28 to go and make disciples of all nations. Verses 18 through 20 says, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus told his disciples to go, to go and make disciples of all nations. He gave them this charge to do this. The gospel was brought to us in this way, in this charge. If people had 
believed it and followed it and said, okay, I need to stand, I need to teach and make disciples. And that's how we are we're able to hear the gospel. Now for some of us, we've been exposed to the teachings of Jesus really since our birth. And we've been shown, we've been able to see the, the power and might in Jesus over those years. And as we mature, the gospel becomes more personal to us. And we accept it. But for some, you may have been ignorant to the gospel until you were older. When someone presented it to you. But however it was presented to you, for the ones that believe, it worked. So whether that fire and brimstone, pulpit-smashing sermon got you to believe, then it was worth it. It was great. And it worked. Or that you know, slow process of learning over years and years. There needs to be different approaches to the message. If we just follow a script when presenting the gospel, it will seem like a script. And people will see through that, and they'll see that this doesn't seem very personal to you. This doesn't seem very important to you. You're just reading off this thing and hoping I do what you want me to do. And it doesn't come across as very genuine. When we read throughout the New Testament and we see how the apostles and others presented the gospel to people, we see the genuine nature in which they did that. We can look throughout the New Testament to see example after example of how the gospel was presented to different people. And this is a great teaching tool for us today when we go and spread the gospel. So just like the apostles, we're all different, we're all unique, we all have unique skills, that should be used when spreading the gospel. No two of us will present the gospel in the exact same way. Some of you may want to use a lot of scripture if you're talking to somebody that knows the Bible. Others may want to try to build this personal relationship with somebody and show love and compassion and kindness and the examples of Jesus that way to introduce them to Christ. We need to understand what we can bring to the table. We need to know our own strengths. And so whether that be compassion, whether that is boldness, maybe it's academics or science, whatever it might be to help connect our audience to the message so that they can understand we also need to understand who our audience is, that we can relate to them the best way. An audience in Manitoba may be a different from an audience in Africa or Australia or other parts of the world. We know our audience as we see Paul did there and went to them and connected to them. When we present the gospel, we have to make sure that we know that not everyone will accept it and believe it. 
Many of the people, if not most of the people, that the apostles taught the gospel to, rejected it. These were the best teachers that we can think of to present the gospel to the world, and yet many, if not most people, chose to reject that message from them. We have to be aware of this as well. We cannot put the pressure on us to say, well, I presented the gospel and nothing happened. Or they didn't believe, so I guess I'm done. I guess I'm not very good at this. Many people will not accept it, but it was, we follow in their example of they continued on. Paul didn't just give up and go home. He went on to the next town and introduced the gospel to them. So we know this will happen, but we can't let that stop us from trying. So as we look to the examples here from Peter and of Paul, and the call for us to go into the world and bring Christ to the world, let's remember, as we introduce the gospel to people, we have the Holy Spirit guiding us, directing us, living in us, in the way of the Lord. That we can be light and a vessel to God to go and bring His message to the world. That we can take examples of these biblical people, these godly men, who found ways to introduce the gospel to the world the best that they could. And continued to do so even when it was hard and it didn't seem to be working. Let's remember we have that Spirit in us. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit living in us to help us and guide us as we spread the gospel around the world. Thank you.